Hey Sam, what's going on? Hey Nathan. What's up? Hanging out. Hanging out, getting some getting some uh, importing done today, this morning. It's about all some, I've been doing. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Nice. I've been editing. Nice. It's it's gonna be a full week of nothing but edits, but yep. um yeah, it's start finally starting to cool off a bit. It's been uh I'm trying to think you shot with me on Saturday, right? Yeah, this past Saturday. Yeah, and it was like 95 degrees out and humid. I don't even know what it was with the humidity, but it was quite a... Uh, it was a hot one. Yeah, thankful that everything was basically indoors. Yeah, I did a couple of portraits of the um, groomsmen uh, outside at like... It was like high noon and so hot. The photos are not going to be good. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> Wait, it's okay. You, you uh, ended, up getting, you ended yeah. up getting some other ones. They're fine. It's just like if we if we had got nothing else, it would have been fine. But they were just really bad. They were just everybody's so that. hot and lights That's, just awful. You know, the, and, the biggest downside I think to heat on for portraits and stuff is isn't just the pain of shooting in it, but like how sweaty people get because you just yeah. can't do much for sweat that's that's simple you know you can of course skin retouch but like nobody wants i'm not doing that to every photo i deliver no it's no yeah that that's it's key to have um like a hanky or towel or something around (laughs) with you if you if you have to be out in portraits you know hot portraits for a while for sure for sure but we were very lucky there wasn't any outdoor ceremony or outdoor reception it was all in the air conditioning (laughs) thankfully yeah yeah, it was goodness. a good wedding. It was a Greek Orthodox, so it was pretty, pretty Greek. Yeah, it was very Greek. Um, and cool uh, ceremony with the crown, crown and the crown exchange and the walk around like three times or whatever. There's so many similarities to uh, like Indian weddings. Actually. I know, it's really I know. Weird. There are. Um, yeah, it, I was expecting it to be really long because the. Um, the last couple of Orthodox Greek weddings that I've done have all been like hour 45 minute plus. Um, one was yeah. two hours and I was just like, whoa, uh, this yeah. one thankfully was like an hour. What was that like an hour and 10 minutes? It wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't bad at all. It's, it, Greek Orthodox weddings are, are very interesting because most of the wedding is sung. Um, and, uh, well, the most not, of the, the liturgy is super nice so. uh, officiants at this one. Did the videographer talk to you about, like, they were basically, no. like, he was going up, up at the altar well before the ceremony to just place a couple recorders, like, mm-hmm. around, because he knew he wasn't going to be up there. Right. And he just got, like, chased down by the, oh, no. um, the ministers or priests or whatever, and was like, you can't be up here, get down. It's like, oh, okay, can I just put these recorders? Like, he was just, you know, I I, I don't, I just don't understand if it's just they've had bad experiences with uh, photographers, probably, or if it's just a power trip, or if it's maybe a blend of both. (laughs) Yeah. I can tell you what to do, and I'm going to tell you because I can. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like for most of them, it's got to be that some idiot photographer went up there or you know usually they'll say something they'll say something like oh we've had photographers in the past you know get up right in front of there and and flash and blah 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 and i'm like guys i guess i guess i don't have you don't have any real reason to trust me but you really should just trust me i'm not going to do that because i'm not an idiot that person that you have yeah. that took that wedding probably did it for free or or who knows? Maybe they did. The other thing is, it's you know, shouldn't it be sort of up to the the, the couple, <laughs> like the bride and groom? Like if they request, like you know, everything being pulled back and low key, like then by all means. But if they're like, no, it's cool, go wherever you want, <laughs> then it seems like they should be a little more accommodating. But you know, it's it's n- never going to happen. I so, mean, it's a yeah. religious thing. It's not a um, it's not a policy. It, you know. For yeah. for Episcopal churches, for instance, you know they don't really allow photographs to be taken at all. Um, just well, see, that's different. Generally but, speaking, but, but they do, if they do allow photographs of the ceremony, then why why care so much about you know where people are going to be? I don't know. It doesn't really make that much sense to me. But yeah. I think it's I, I don't know. It's probably just an old school thing. Yeah, about it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it, it, it does make sense. 
does make sense on some levels but uh anyway it, it wasn't bad it was a good wedding i'm excited about the pictures it was one of my maybe third weddings of shooting the sony a9 which i've cool decided is, is a cool camera gonna keep it um not replacing my d5 anytime soon not even close for uh for flash like dancing reception pictures where i need to use a flash it's just not even in the same ballpark but yeah uh, i it is going to be my second kind of wide angle lens body when i need it for quickness or it's going to be used just for you know when i have some quiet sensitive moments i need to pay attention to or whatever um I think I'm liking the files, like the colors and stuff. Haven't done any super high ISO stuff out sure. in the field. Um, I've you know played around with it at my house, and it seems perfectly usable. You know, up to twelve thousand, sort of like a D750 sure. range, or maybe a little better. But um, the dynamic range is not as good as people were hoping. I've definitely noticed that. But it's way better than the D5. I would say it's probably equivalent to the D750, maybe a little less. In terms dynamic of dynamic range. range, yeah, maybe maybe it's a little less. But the, you know, it's already way more than you need sure. on the D750. It's nice to always have more, but it's sort of like you know the megapixel wars. We've reached a point where we've got enough for what you need unless you completely messed up the exposure and underexposed by like 10 stops right it's nice to be able to recover it but it's just like the megapixels were like we we've reached a point where it doesn't matter if it has infinite dynamic range it's nice but not necessary and it's got the perfect amount i think um it's a cool camera uh it's fun having another system and the the great thing about the sony like the mirrorless mount means that you can get adapters to fit nikon lenses and retain autofocus you can get adapters to fit canon lenses and retain autofocus and the canon adapter it's a metabones i think it's like the version four or whatever uh Mm -hmm. that one is just as good autofocusing as on the canon bodies that's awesome Uh, the nikon one was a little glitchy seemed pretty reliable but not not as not as great because occasionally it would just like not work or respond properly and you don't want to mess with that but um and it'll it'll of course mount leica lenses as well so it's just such a versatile system it's hard to ignore and uh and return so i'm not but it's unfortunately not the workhorse replacement that i was truly hoping now for engagement sessions i actually did like three engagement sessions last week strictly with the sony a9 um yeah it worked great uh because you don't have you have much more control and you have you know a sense of what to expect compared to a wedding day um right it's, it's totally fine for 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 those i think but yeah i like the um i like the battery uh life generally speaking looked yeah. seemed, seemed pretty good you have um, to hold it with the grip and everything right and yeah shoot a bit. yeah and good. um i also really like the customization options there's tons of buttons that you can set to basically anything um yeah and i really and dude and, and i gotta say i think my favorite my favorite thing about that camera so far is the iso um being able to be put on that uh, that wheel the thumb wheel the, back, yeah. the thumb wheel because i i'm at the point where i would rather have a um a thumb scroll i, I would rather have my um or sorry in terms of the front scroll um command dial on my nikons i would I wish I could set that to ISO instead of aperture because um, I change my aperture much less frequently than I change my ISO. Yeah. Um, and so it's so awesome to have all three of those settings tr- right at your Have you tried shooting in aperture priority mode and seeing if they enable on the Nikon camera? If you're shooting in aperture priority, I think it might you give can. you access to customize one of the others. Yes, you can, but then you lose your shutter speed uh cus- you know you you miss being able to um me- mess with your oh right yeah because no. if you're an aperture priority your aperture no, stays I messed with this the other day it, it okay. didn't work because the shutter speed was not like w- would change on its own um so it wasn't useful wait does it meter automatically i'll have to double check uh, I'm gonna get so if you camera. set it on aperture priority then your aperture stays the same, but your shutter speed is... Oh, well, then do shutter priority. I Yes, but then your aperture changes automatically. No, there's a way to fix this. Hold on. Nope. Let me get my camera. I messed with I'm this the other day, Sam. Camera. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Try it. It's no way. Okay. I'll wait. Pause. 
I'm back. D5 in hand. Oh no, now Nathan's gone. Guess I'll just have to come up with stuff to talk about. So Nathan, I think, was trying to say that he would prefer to use like the index finger, the front scroll wheel, to uh, control ISO. I'm gonna see if there's any way. Here we go. Not so your main goal is to be able to adjust ISO with like your index finger on the wheel, or your thumb or on anything. the wheel. Or anything, either one. Because you can do it with your thumb on the wheel by holding the ISO button yes. on the D5. Right, I know that. That's what I always have. But, um, and you can, yeah, you can do that on the 750 as well. But um, actually changing it so that you're changing it with simply the command dial. And not having to hold another button. Yeah. Correct. You can't do it. You can do aperture settings. That's if, interesting. If you set it to aperture priority mode, you can. You can put it on, you can put ISO on either of the command dials, I think. Or maybe it's just the app, the front one, but either way, you can do it. The problem is then your, um, your shutter speed just goes wild. So yeah, yeah, I can see that. There's an interesting... Uh which is not that useful. And then if you set shutter speed, then you sacrifice your aperture and it goes all over the place. Sure. I wonder if, I wonder if you can do it in, pro, I don't know, program mode, it's just auto. Well, that's okay. I'll, I'll tinker with it. Uh, you know, the, the D5 may also allow for something that the 750 cannot, that's like the, uh, the custom settings bank on the D750, even though it's the same setting it doesn't work the same way mm. where uh you can assign shutter you know all your camera settings for flash with a specific recipe of shutter iso and aperture and uh and then boom jump over to bank b and have a completely different set of settings of shutter iso and aperture right. flash on and off whatever you want um yeah 750 only lets you do that through those yeah through it's button like modes. weird button mode yeah. and menu and stuff yeah, it's it's annoying. Not but ideal. you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, A9 has the customization um, dominated. Like that's it's so silly they don't do that more with digital cameras, just because it's all software at that point. But software programming. Yep. Well, moving on. Speaking of software, um, did you watch the WWDC keynote? I didn't watch it all the way through, but I did watch uh, a good chunk of it, and um, was definitely really excited about some of the stuff that they announced. Um, it's pretty crazy. I think it's been a huge deal for actual developers because um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts that are tech-oriented podcasts, and a lot of people that are talking on the podcast, like you and I, are actually, um, instead of being photographers, they're actual developers and stuff, and uh, they're freaking out. It sounds like it's it's a pretty huge win. And, In terms uh, of developers? Yeah, yeah, stuff that Apple's opening up to, um, pro, proizing everything. Yep. <laughs> um, not just, and, and legitimately doing it, not just saying it's pro here and it's actually not. <laughs> Absolutely. I think a couple of the, um, so a couple of the cool things that I really liked was the uh, iPad Pro refresh, which I'm sure you'll, you'll get into in just a second uh, since you just got one. Um, and the iMac Pro, even though I'm not going to get one, um, I love it, and I think it's an awesome direction for them to be going in. Um, you know, it's funny. It's like every single person that has said the iMac Pro looks well, amazing. Not for me. I'm not going to buy it, of but course, I'm glad it's, it's there. <laughs> it's 5000 bucks, and I just bought yeah. like a computer that's almost as good as those. Um, but... A Dude, PC, this, but whatever. This it's a PC, right? And it's and my and by the way, Hackintosh update. It's currently stalled because <laughs> I changed a weird plist yeah. registry file, and um, now the computer's stuck in a reboot loop. So um, that's been pretty fun to deal with, and now I'm, I'm sure. working through that kernel panic and 
trying to trying to get around it. Um, but the iMac Pro um, looks amazing. Uh, I love that it's it, it it makes so much sense that it's just instead of being this weird tub um, garbage can style, it's actually just an iMac. Um, well, and, and if they call it a day right there. I think that's awesome. No, but th- here's the thing. This isn't a replacement for the Mac Pro. There is a there is a an, an actual Mac Pro replacement coming in 2018. Okay. But this is sort of a uh I think um from what I understand Apple was pretty much planning to uh kill off the Mac Pro. They had some serious manufacturing issues with the uh, and and upgrade issues with the previous design, the cooling and 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 heating I you know, management it. system was was rough, and so that's why it was like sitting forever, unable to be updated. Even now, it's it's still pretty much the same box. They had a small right. update, but um, and and so they are going to replace a a it with something without a monitor that is supposedly going to be like user upgradable, you know, swappable. Probably more in the vein of the old school like yeah. rectangular it, it makes cheese sense. graters. It makes sense for them yeah. to do that for sure. But the iMac Pro is is their answer in the meantime, and I think originally they were going to just only have the iMac Pro and just kill off the Mac Pro. But no, they, I they I can definitely see you know from being on a, a number of production crews, um, being kind of back backstage on a lot of stuff, I can definitely see why you wouldn't necessarily want just the whole screen. There might oh, might totally. be cool to be yeah. You need might, just like might be an, cool an to even bay. have it. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it might be cool to be able to you know rack mountable or something like that. Um, and you don't want to like buy this amazing screen on an iMac and then like put it under your desk and have it daisy chain out to four others. Or, like yeah, the, you know professionals. I, I I would imagine so often need just a a box that they can shove somewhere and then update it whenever they need and then run cables for, right. for monitors anywhere else. Yep. Um, so that will be coming, but, uh, the, the, yeah, the iMac pro looks amazing. I decided it's to so go ahead cool. and just buy the iMac again. Cause the one I have now is a couple years old and, right. um, they refreshed heavily the, the current lineup of iMacs, um, to be most, pretty, most pretty fantastic. the screen, right? That is a big one. I think mm, I don't know what would be most notable. The the RAM I think is a bit larger. Would it accept? But the screen is a is new and a big deal. And I did get the twenty seven inch. It's got a what, enormous color gamut. Yeah. What, what did what what how how did they describe it again? That it was like looking through. Yeah, like somebody who was projector. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a rear projection. Yeah. Uh, they said it was so good that it doesn't even look like a digital screen. It looks like an actual like piece of paper being rear projected up to the display. It's just type crazy. Of quality. It's that good. But I haven't seen it in person, so it's coming later this week. We'll see. But um, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And it's the exact same size as the other ones. Um, the other thing I decided I probably wasn't going to love about the mac pro imac pro is that i think it's going to be pretty loud because it's that's a lot of processors in there and uh, that's true and i already hate that the imac fan is sort of always running anyway so i just decided i'm going to just stick with the current one so at least i know and have an expectation of what the loudness is going to be yeah but um the other great thing is that it's got USB-C ports built in or thunderbolt 3 um built into yeah, so, the display so so technically so you're saying that these are actually they're actually thunderbolt 3 ports um they're just the exact same size shape and backwards uh, compatible with usb c and, and compatibility yeah. with usb c yep but that's what's so great about usb c it's in thunderbolt 3 in general it's, it's all backwards compatible you can charge over them it's got the crazy data transfer throughput and you know i also have the new macbook which only has one usb c port yep. and so to be able to transfer stuff back and forth and to mount that thing um super nice to just have a dedicated usb c port instead of having to go through a usb to usb c cable adapter or a thunderbolt adapter or any of that junk so yeah Looking through the uh, options here on on Apple, yeah, it looks like it can go up to 64 gigabytes. The uh, I'm the new iMac can go up to 64 gigs of RAM, which is that's cool. You know, way more. I than think I think I spec mine at the 32. Yeah, 32 is is great. 
I did the um, 4.2 gigahertz quad i7. Okay, yep. 32 gigabyte. You know, and that's stupid of me. I, I, you can actually, it is user upgradable. There's a little panel on the back mm-hmm. that you can pop off and they don't solder the RAM like they do on their laptops. Oh, really? Uh, so I probably could save oh, some money, should, but Then you should whatever. just get the 8 gigs and then throw them in yourself. Get yeah. the, the extra $600. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, that yeah. that's just highway robbery especially because i can yeah again i can go i can go out and i could have amazon deliver and you know two hours yeah, i think i might do that actually yeah I I might, uh, cancel and because that, that will cost you a hundred dollars not yeah. six hundred no um, you're right and then so, i got the finally the ssd drive instead of the fusion drive which is in my yeah. current machine yeah it's and ssd fusion is just better is, yeah, it is the fusion stuff. Like, you, it, it saves. It has a huge giant cache, but it's not. It's not as fast as SSD, as far as I've known. No, it's, I haven't it's had, not. I've I've been using. Yeah. I, I've used a few, and they are not even close. Yeah, SSD is significantly more, better in terms of uh, just like latency, just pure yeah. latency. That's fantastic. Um, I'm excited. Even though I don't even use my iMac that much. I mean, I do when I'm sitting at my desk, but I do a lot of my work when I'm out and about. Right. Um, and I'm really excited to check out the new display. And, um, and and I also got the new iPad. It's sitting here next to me, the 10 and a half inch. And uh, it's running the iOS 11 beta. beta. Which, yeah, so tell me a little bit about what's new in the iOS 11 beta. I mean, most everything. Uh, the biggest thing I would I would say it's the same exact design language, so nothing changing there. But the uh, the dock, um, or it has a dock now, where it used to be just you know the strip of icons at the bottom. Now right. that's a customizable dock. You can put as many I think as many icons as you want down there, that's and great. it always stays that way and relevant. You can even put nested folders in there. You don't just have to keep an app. Right. Um, so it, it can has, actually be one of the nested folders. Yeah. So it has a file system. It um, does. Now there's a file system. It's got it's a it's an app called Files and it shows you your iCloud Drive files and your local on my iPad files from various apps. Cool. And you can tag them uh, certain colors or labels if you want just like in Mac OS and you can favorite stuff and shows you your most recent things and it's an actual dedicated file system that is accessible f- between apps. That's like, super uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I was just for my accountant going through an Excel spreadsheet that I was able to to edit and save as a file and pull it up on my Mac and then jump back over to my iPad and it was all one continuous file instead of being you know saved in just iCloud Drive only for the Numbers app or something like that. Right. So it's it's pretty cool. Um, and the other great thing is the multitasking. If you swipe up, you get the dock. But if you hold your finger and keep going which is a really awesome way to do it. I at first I was like, "Ah, this kind of sucks. You have to double tap to get to your, you know, multitask thing the way you always have, but it's kind of weird because they took all the control center stuff and made it part of the multitasking screen now." Uh-huh. But it totally is perfect. If you just keep swiping up, bam, you have all your recent windows of stuff that you've had open and you've got a brand new like control center that you can actually customize with whatever elements you actually want that's awesome and you can arrange the order yeah and it's it's a really fun way to switch apps i was really shocked about it and uh and you can click to drag so you can actually move almost any element in any uh in any app and click to drag it between apps so say you wanted to like copy an image from a web page you could click to drag it to your dropbox or you know touch to drag or whatever and you can drag it to your dropbox and it'll save and you kind of do all that interface through the uh the dock at the bottom where all your consistent icons sit my other favorite thing about the dock is in the bottom right there's three smart apps um so it'll show you mostly uh what you've been accessing recently as an option to just reopen quickly uh-huh. which is really really nice I like that. and it'll it'll do like you know siri smart siri contextual stuff where if you're at a certain location it'll show you an app that it thinks you would normally use or if it's a certain time of day stuff like that and i've actually found that to be freaking awesome cool um yeah but it's I mean, actually around, useful since yeah. siri is Siri itself is actually pretty incredible because though they didn't change anything with the smarts of Siri, the voice is scary realistic. Like (laughs) it sounds like somebody is just talking at you. I mean, if certain words you can definitely tell it's a computer, but it is very, very improved. Um, Much more like an Alexa, maybe better than that in the way that 
you know, it doesn't sound it's like the 2000, uh, when was that? 2013, they launched Siri, something. I think so. it, it's, it's a new voice. Um, cool. It's awesome. Uh, although it's the exact same problems with Siri and, and the abilities of her to understand what you're saying and, and all that is still, still an issue, but I assume so, they'll get around to that someday. Okay. So kind of looking towards the future, um, given the fact that the iPad pro, um, has a file system, um, that it seems like it's going to be successful. Um, and from everything that I've looked at, looks amazing. Um, what do you think this sort of next step is? I mean, Apple's famous for, you know, doing something really well and then pivoting that into something crazy cool, um, like the iPad pivoting and turning into a freaking phone um, and it becoming the greatest phone ever. Um, yeah, what? I don't know. I, I can't even imagine what it could be. Next. I mean, I think it's it's a lot on developers at this point. Uh, Lightroom M- Mobile. It needs to be. Yeah. If they could overhaul that thing to to have even ninety percent, you know, even eighty percent of the true functions that the Lightroom in Mac OS has yeah. in terms of being able to actually label by color, star, and flag. Yeah. Right now, you can't color anything uh, as far as I last checked, which is really annoying. <laughs> and um, Guys. not having the same keyboard shortcuts and all that, it's just crazy they if they could just knock that out um it would be incredible now i i haven't actually downloaded the any any updates for my mac but i'm pretty sure what i saw in the new photos app mm-hmm. has really advanced photo editing cool. uh coming down the chain like of course you can edit raw files and everything now but i'm pretty sure the photos app on your actual computer will have split toning and sharpening and and uh noise reduction and and everything uh almost everything they look like that um lightroom has that's awesome which would be fascinating it i don't know if anybody's thought yeah. about like jumping back and just doing all their editing on in photos well i don't know it would be it's, it'd be it's not out of the realm of possibility i mean really adobe is slacking in a lot of ways um they are still the best but they are only you know one great idea away and one competitor away from just irrevel- irrelevance um yep if they if they don't step it up and i mean apple could i mean i remember i started using aperture for i guess about yeah. six months um before mm-hmm. i um kind of actually uh became a real photographer but um and it was powerful and i liked it um so it's Who funny knows? they kind of abandoned aperture and like stripped it all back to the most basics and now they're i'm on the website right now you get um something they call brilliance i don't know what that is exposure highlight shadows brightness contrast black point all oh, those dedicated sliders from aperture yeah. they have all dedicated sliders for that they have uh, color in black and white uh, definition which i think is more of like a clarity setting um and then levels for uh like adjusting midtones highlights and shadows independently of one another okay which is kind of awesome. Uh, then, of course, white balance, um, split toning. I'm pretty sure I saw on here somewhere. Uh, and filters. Vignette and stuff. Yeah, I could have sworn there was a split tone somewhere. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's coming out of nowhere. And you can I'm, imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. If I don't know all of a sudden with yeah. everybody was editing photos with, it, it was doing 100% of their work with, Apple instead of 80%. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure where they are in regards to, um, you know, keyboard shortcuts and stuff. It seems like they actually have some... Imagine them not really doing much with that, but trying to make it easier with with gestures or something. I I wish and hope that if if Adobe redoes something in Lightroom Mobile, they don't rely heavily on touch... Like I think Apple would. Like yeah. I, I don't think it's nearly as fast and efficient to touch the screen to make your editing adjustments versus just arrowing up on a keyboard or using like everything that you can do with touch you should be able to do on the keyboard as well sure. for mass sure. photo editing. I really hope that they try for that and keep that in mind. Um we'll see though. 
We'll see. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. All, all, every, all good things. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty much... I'm very interested to see, given the iP- iPad Pro, what happens to the MacBook line in the next year or two. Um, because MacBook line, as we all know, has been kind of in flux. They had the... A long time ago, it was the MacBook. Then it was the MacBook Pro. Then they added the Air, which was as far as i know very successful but not at all useful for anybody like us so then they came out with the macbook again mac and just call it the macbook and it's 12 inch and that is awesome and i've got my eyes on the new one um i'm I'm telling everybody's so confused about the name though everybody i'm like yeah it's it's the macbook and they're like which macbook pro it's the macbook and they're like what what does that mean? <laughs> they, it's it's Apple. It's it's a classic <laughs> Apple like calling, just being like, no, this is what it's always been meant to be. Um, which, and and it clearly, I mean, the twelve inch is just awesome. Uh, it's a great computer. It's a good size. Um, yeah, and they updated so it thin. big time. It's got an i seven uh, processor now, and uh, it's and not just a badass mobile. screen too. Um, oh yeah, it's fantastic. Is uh, it, now you. Do you already have the new MacBook in? Yep. So it's also got a new keyboard, which is really nice. It's the same super slim, but it's very clicky. It's yeah. It's actually I got a very it's, good. It's a clickiness. new proprietary butterfly-ish keyboard. It's the same. It's yeah. The, and they had when the MacBook first launched a couple years ago, it was a butterfly keyboard. But they've worked on it in a way that like it, the clickiness of it is there. It's not very soft and quiet. The way that's cool. Which is a lot more satisfying, I believe. Um, so have you, have you been able to AB the screens at all? No, other than just remembering what the other previous one was compared to this one. And I do love this one more because I don't, the black point, it seems to have a a lower black point and it's not as, um, uh, faded, I would say. Okay. Uh, the fade on the previous version wasn't bad. I could still edit from it, but this does seem to have a truer black point. I'm, cool. I'm going to look on their site right now and see um, what the actual difference yeah. is. Black um, point. I'm I'm very interested. I I really uh, I really want to see. I would love to see um, what Apple does. Um, it seems like there still is a very clear distinction at least in terms of that in terms of apple between their tablets and their um and their yeah. uh, and their notebooks but but it's like they've gotten now with iOS 11 iOS as close to being mac os as they possibly can yeah so like i just can't even imagine they so, somehow need to blend and blur these two devices well like they together. had, they uh, had an know. idea for that a while ago i don't know if you remember this but they filed a patent um for a <clears throat> for basically the ability um to take a full ipad uh imac size screen and um, basically pull it towards you and down and it would lay flat and then Im- instantly transfer into iOS. Um, sort of like the Microsoft thing? That- yes, except that Microsoft only had Windows is just one operating system, um, which okay. is pretty genius. Uh, the only problem is it looks horrendous and has yeah. some, and has, you know, some Windows-y issues, um, which now that I'm back to, you know, half of me is back to my roots as a PC. Um, yeah, I, me too. That's what I'm running my Oculus on, and it's miserable. It's, it's I not, can't believe how bad it is. Well, you all... Now, the other thing is we need to talk is you need to get an SSD for that computer, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah, Windows is... It, it, Windows is Windows. It's, PCs are not as... Um, you know, there's, there's a, a difference. Uh, but I think... It's possible, given the fact that they've found a way to integrate a file system into the iOS, um, uh, into iOS, period, they could, theoretically, find a way to blend the two um, and create possibly a MacBook with touch that could maybe make sense. I could totally see it. And I thought that from the day that they um, launched in Mac OS, you know, you can hit F4 on your keyboard and see the the rows of all your apps. Yep. 
like they just launchpad. they fade up launchpad the day they launched that i was like oh well this is them blending ios with mac os this is exactly what it looks like on my ipad right now <laughs> um this is it. And they just never did anything with it. And I never use Launchpad unless I can't find something anywhere else for some no, reason. Yeah, I mean, it's completely pointless. But if it was a touch display, yeah, for some um, reason, that core isn't even working sense. for me. Sure yeah, what's going on. not a good sign. But yeah, all the apps are there in exactly the same presentation that you would expect if, if you could touch your screen. It's so bizarre to me that they launched that and then never did anything with it. But anyway, we don't have to keep going on. I'm sure other people have, are, are well informed at this point, but uh, all, all I can say in the end is good stuff. I'm, I'm happy. The biggest other, the other thing is, are the AirPods. Um, you can now customize what the double taps on the AirPods do. So oh, if you cool. if you have them in your ear previously, if you, tap twice on either side it was the same function and you could only play pause or uh, pull up Siri now you can assign the left to double tap and do a function uh, either Siri play pause previous or next track or oh, you cool. can and you can assign them independent it's kind of nice that's really and I cool. love being able to tap on the right for next track and then tap on the left for Siri to do something more advanced like volume up or down Cool. Um, that's how it should have launched, <laughs> I thought. Um, but anyway, uh, and what's cool is if you run the iOS 11 beta or connect your AirPods to anybody else that has one and set that up, as soon as you reconnect them to any other device running any version of iOS, it will retain that functionality because it's actually reprogramming the physical AirPods. It's not a system thing. That's awesome. So it's pretty, pretty cool, yeah. Um, oh, the other big thing with the new iPad is the ProMotion, which is the 120 hertz screen refresh. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which so it looks is cool. Really, really nice. Everything else looks choppy now. Oh no! Like, everything looks choppy compared to it. It is so smooth. It's silky smooth. Um, yep. It's it's incredible, uh, and it's really not worth talking about because once you see it, you'll it'll instantly click, and you have to see it to really get it. Yes. Yes. Um, and but yeah. yeah. It's like the smoothness between like 30 frames per second on a film and 60 frames, except that it's not horrible right. <laughs> uh, and creepy like in, in Lord of the Rings, where it looks oh, like God. it's all done on a home video camera that or some weird atrocious. soap opera system set. Yeah, it was really bad. But for interacting in an OS, it's amazing. It's so nice. Yep. I can't imagine them not, not putting this on everything else that they have eventually. That's awesome. Um, and it's just big enough. The size of the iPad is a little bit bigger and just big enough to have a full-size keyboard for the cover case, cool. which is nice. The ten, no and that's the 10.5-inch uh, 10, 10. Yeah. version? Yep. And the 12.9 also got the exact same set of updates, but that's way too big for me. So it's Yeah, it's big. Um, okay. Well, uh, should we talk about our um, actual topic Photography related? Um, yeah. Let's talk about some night photography, night shooting. Yeah, so I I think night photography and night portraits um, are some of my favorite um, photos and favorite times of the wedding. Um, Same. It's, it's a time where you can get really creative. The couple is usually either had a couple of drinks or either way they're having an awesome time because they just freaking got married. Um, mm -hmm. And they're kind of up for whatever. So whatever you have to, you know, in your mind to do, you can, you can kind of try it out. Um, what's your yeah. move for getting the, for getting the bride and groom to come out and do some night portraits? I mean, it's something that I talk about during the client meeting. So you plant the seed very early. Yep. I don't like to spring it on people too much. <laughs> it's like a, Hey, you're in the middle of dancing. Let's go out for some more photos. And then they think like, Oh, we've already done photos like why are we going out doing more so i try and address it very early on yep. so that people are just aware and um totally totally on board most of the time still people sometimes say no no we'd rather not and that's totally cool but yep. yeah just you know once they're through any formalities and uh you know dancing has gone on for 30 40 minutes just see if they'll come outside for 10 10 minutes and, yep. um it's so easy to do now uh to, to, to be able to just use the ambient light, you know, a street light or whatever. You don't even have to buy an LED light. I love having one because it does give you a lot it more ends, variety and options. It does give you some options, yeah. Yeah. Um, what LED light do you use? I have the 
Um, now Manfrotto bought the company. It used to be light panels, but now it's Manfrotto, the Chroma Two. That's what I use. It's an LED nice. video light, basically. I use the um, Apple iPhone LED. <laughs> um, Excellent. And uh, so yeah, I, I in the past basically I've used yeah I used either my iPhone or I will use um, uh, a flat like an off-camera flash um, and dialed in, which tends to be a little bit challenging and can be kind of interesting um yeah so yeah because i always keep a little ir receiver in my bag i don't i have i don't use the um um radio transmitters for weddings um but hmm. yeah throw throw that on and um if i have to use some some off-camera stuff i'll i'll uh, i'll flash them or use or use iphone so you will use the flash off camera yeah so I just That's dial cool. it way back and um snoot it if i have to and um <laughs> yeah it just it ends up giving you some some interesting options that i i don't think i've seen too yeah. often in other places interesting um yeah i've never ever used off-camera flash on a wedding day it's always just been a video light or occasionally the iphone light but it can uh, work. i don't i don't love the uh the look of the or the color of the iphone light it's kind of weird but it works it can't yeah it, it can be it can be weird but um but yeah, no, I've I've used it. I've used it a lot, actually, very successfully. Um, but uh, it 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 also is a little more challenging. It it would be a lot easier if I just had yeah. a Manfredo light. A lot of people assume that I bring and use a tripod a lot, but uh, and I used to. But I've actually found that these days, if you kind of give yourself over to where you're at and what you have that you can find to steady your camera, and like, okay, uh, we have a chair. So I can study my camera on that. What does the perspective look like from the chair? It's actually a lot easier in terms of me being able to decide and, and start down the path of some idea for a picture. If you just kind of like do that, if all you have is the ground, then you yeah. start from the ground and, and solve it from there versus a tripod where you have complete control and you can put it wherever you want. That, that is nice and flexible, but after a while it gets a little bit, um, well, it can lock you in. I yeah, think that's it locks a, you in, exactly. I think that's a great point. Um, I am, a, uh, yeah, again, I, I, that's funny, because I, I also have not brought um, a tripod with me for, like, a at least a couple of years. I mean, I, I've, I keep thinking, like, well, oh, I should bring my tripod this time just in case for <laughs> night photos, and I never bring it. And uh, it ne has never stopped me from getting something interesting. And, yeah. Um, and I can also, I can kind of tell if I, if I have the, the tripod with me, I bet I'll just like go for some kind of standard shot, mm -hmm. um, versus, or, or like, Hey, let's do this thing. You know, I've got a tripod, I'll put it down. It's, it's easy. Um, and I feel like as with most things about wedding photography, it shouldn't necessarily feel easy. Um, yeah, if so, it's easy, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's exactly. I mean, I, I think having a really awesome digital camera that you can have take a bajillion pictures on is easy enough. Um, that's that's where the easiness needs to stop. Um, you know, it's funny. Speaking of which, I uh, just saw this article going going semi viral around. It's comparing a Canon Mark III to a Canon Rebel. Did you see that? Oh, yes, I did. It's, yeah. yeah. An amateur it's photographer so with it's a like, pro camera, guys, blah, blah, okay. blah. Okay, yeah. Of course the camera, having a nice camera isn't isn't everything. Like, it's all the photographer that does the, the work creatively. But come on, you can take amazing pictures with your iPhone with a pretty subject against a white wall and a giant, beautiful <laughs> yeah. window. The problem no issues is when you need to still things. create... A, I didn't have any issues either. They were fine pictures. But the point of the article is frustrating. It's like, no, spending six $7,000 on a pro camera is amazingly beneficial when it allows you to shoot in... A hundred percent of the environments yep, you're given 100%. versus versus five percent of the environments that you have control over. Or yeah, seriously, give it's me a very fifty and too. my D750, and I can shoot anywhere at any time. Um, there are definitely limitations that certain, uh, you know, prosumer cameras and iPhone cameras and all that, uh, you know, just just make impossible to solve and uh anyway it, the article is frustrating in the way because it's great to like reassure everyone yeah it's all about the photographer not just your your gear but at the same time it's like well that's not entirely true like 
any professional knows, it's also about the gear in some yeah. level. It's, and uh, anyway. right, I, I I agree. I I watched. I saw that article. and I was like, ugh, sigh. Because I mean, I it's just so clickbaity, and it's getting a lot, you know, a lot yeah. of sharing. It's like, guys, come on. And I I get it, and so I dumb. think maybe for for non photographers, I'm sure that that they would find that useful. For me, the what I what I got out of it is that a, a pro, professional photographer knows how to work with a client uh, to make them look good. Um, yeah. And to make and to and and has a particular concept um, for each photograph. Uh, versus an amateur who's like, this is a cool-looking photo. I have an awesome mm-hmm. camera, therefore I will make this sweet photo. Um, so I think I think there is something to 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 be gained from you know working with clients and everything like that. But I but yeah, so that 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 was an interesting interesting article. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, Moving going back, back to night. <laughs> yeah, going back to night vi- night. I almost said night vision. Uh, night photography. Um, yeah, I, I also kind of set the expectation when I'm initially meeting with the client, I try to get them to think about it while they're building their schedule. If they, if it's not completely built out yet, um, to say, hey, during the, you know, the reception, I love to, you know, get some really awesome portraits of you guys at night. Um, I will definitely be, you know, well, is it okay if I'm basically grab you out of the reception if it if I feel like it's appropriate for about five or 10 minutes and get some cool photos in there every time they're like, sure, let's do it. Um, yeah. Once they're out there, they always feel a little, um, refreshed and calmer, you mm-hmm. know, just to get a qu- quick break from the chaos. And it's, it's always a nice experience, I think. Oh, definitely. But w- once you breach that like seven to 10 minute mark, you can definitely tell like, yeah. okay, we're done. Let me, let me go now <laughs> a yeah. little more yeah. than yep. maybe <laughs> earlier in the day. Yeah. They're you like do. done. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you definitely have a, a limit on that. You need to you need to be respectful of their time. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's again night portraits are awesome because you can you can use a lot of the awesome um, ambient light to create some really interesting um, ideas that maybe nobody's thought of. Um, yeah, and it's actually I think a very good learning mechanism for if you are somebody who desires to use off-camera flash a lot during the daytime mm-hmm. shooting at night really helps you pre-visualize the options available to you during the daytime because having an off-camera flash in the daytime you're basically able to darken all the sunlight yep. around you and darken everything else in the scene and only have the lights you control and Doing that at night where everything is already dark helps your brain start to figure out, like, oh, I see how I can kind of do this during the daytime, too, if it's something that you want to be interested in. Um, yeah, it's you, know, you can just stop down your, your aperture and uh, sh- shoot through an ND filter, do whatever you need, and you can make your daytime sun be completely dark as if it were night and use your off-camera flash yep. in a way that, you know. And, and so shooting at night is a great entry into that if that terrifies you as a photographer or uh, <laughs> is something that is hard for your brain to process. Like, oh, it's so so bright in the mid-afternoon. I don't know how I can use a flash here. Um, it really helps that. And uh, again. Yeah, and once you throw on a, a 1.4 aperture lens and a 12,000 ISO capable camera, you, you can do it anything. see stuff your eye doesn't. Sure. And com- coupling that with live view, bam, it's easy as, as you can imagine. And it's still such a differentiator in my work and in yours in our portfolio to have so many night pictures. Um, uh-huh. Blows my I mind that it. local photographers don't have more of that. Like, it, it's just crazy uh because it is such an easy thing once you just try it once or twice and i think a lot of people are also afraid like well what if it if it totally fails um the clients are going to ask for those photos and i'm not going to have it like just do it anyway just do it anyway (laughs) just suck it up and you should also that that's that's interesting because that's also an expectation that needs to be set beforehand that's basically and i still get i still get clients that are that are like, so do you give us every photo that you take? And so I have to be like, no. So the way that I do it is that I actually call everything down and then I edit everything myself. Um, and that can be, that, that's just, that, that's an expectation that needs to be, um, that needs to be uh, set well before they're like, wait, where's that night photo? Um, yeah. Yep. And um, 
But now, if you if you go out and take forty minutes of their time, then you better have something to show yeah, for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like for sure. But yeah, it's it's. But, yeah, of yeah, course. Not. And of course, I don't deliver every single picture, but I, you know, deliver the yeah, professional yeah. shots that you're going to want. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there and there are there are times where I will literally just say to them, "Hey, I've, uh, you know, while I'm setting up, I'm got, I've got an idea for this night portrait that I'm not sure will work." I just actually tell them that I'm like, "Yeah, this is going to be a really weird experimental photo, and who knows if it'll come out? Um, but we'll we'll give it a shot anyway." And it it almost always comes out, but it's still. Um, you know, it's still, it's still okay to, to say that to the client. Cause at that, again, at that point, hopefully they've, they're feeling pretty good and they don't mind. Um, but yeah, totally. yeah, but I, I also love yeah, night photos just cause they give you, um, just a totally different perspective to see the, the client buy in, um, to, uh, yeah, just try try out some really interesting things that, you know, you may not have wanted to try earlier um yep pretty much exactly that there's uh it's it's worth going out and you don't have to of course uh buy a 400 hundred dollar led light i tend to like mine because it's reliable right um yeah but uh in that i've never had an issue and so i just stick with it um i'm sure there are cheaper ones that uh also don't have issues but yeah but that one the quality of that light is very nice um, yes. So I don't, I don't think you can be faulted for buying a nice one. No. Um, no. but yeah. So, okay. So when you are thinking about night photos, what's kind of, uh, what's kind of your goal? Um, what's your, what's your move? Uh, trying whatever. I, do, I do, do usually take a walk around to like get a get a sense of at least where we want to go. If not, totally framing up the shot and having it committed to. Mm-hmm. But um, it, yeah, it's it's still very improvised. I mean, I love being able to take advantage of night sky and do long exposure stuff against that if if at all possible. But it's um, yeah, totally depends. In all yeah. honesty, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm reviewing a photographer's portfolio. That looks exactly like mine. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. Eh, whatever. Um, uh, but I, well, going back briefly to portfolio. Um, yeah, it is. It is interesting to have um, some sweet night photos in there. Um, I do continually tend to get a lot more likes on Instagram and things like that of a, of a weird, interesting night photo than. Um, and then yeah, and it usually looks like else. a lot more is going on, right? And it and that actually it's like was. a lot more work than yeah. You know, well, they just sat under an you know a street light and bam, we got something amazing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what happens. Um, yeah, it's it's always refreshing and a bit surprising as well. Uh, gotta love it. But um, yeah, I don't know. What's your approach? Do you have more of a plan or any type of uh, consistent? thing you look for in a scene to be able Um, to do a night picture lately uh i guess lately i've been i have been kind of uh, also kind of going out um during either dinner or you know or if i've got tons of photos of the reception already um to kind of go out and and take a look at um at the scene and if i see i'm i'm generally looking for interesting lights uh or strong lights um Mm -hmm and any kind of any kind of colorful or interesting background um and then i'm kind of kind of trying to narrow it down to what's the best shot and then trying to get that shot and then otherwise i just kind of maybe try to think of a secondary shot if i can see one uh in my mind but otherwise i just kind of grab them take them out to that particular spot um shoot try to try to get that photo and then work around for another five minutes just grabbing whatever else that looks very interesting to me um yeah it's fantastic it doesn't have to be like a whole another session of shooting right for it's sure just something it's just i my goal is three or four really cool night photos um and oh that's awesome that's good that's i think i can strive for one or two yeah i mean but, I'm, and i'm always my my goal is always shoot for a portfolio um, to, as well as, you know, deliver what the clients want. But I'm always trying to score a portfolio shot um, during 
night photos because they just don't always turn out. Um, so, yeah. uh, or they don't always turn out perfect. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's that, that's my goal is to really, is to try to get three or four. And if I get one, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. It's perfect. So. It's funny to me that actually some photographers build in like the photo shooting time, uh, not not for night pictures, but for daytime stuff, as if it's its own standalone like session. Like, okay, now's our, now it's our photo session. I've actually never thought of photography, of even the portrait time of the day, as like a photo session. Yeah, but I've always thought of it as like a that's this different is, this is, than most photographers. Because yeah, no, most of it, well, what do you mean? Well, what I'm oh, saying yeah. is well, yeah, a lot exactly. of people no, build it in. It's okay. like. Now you have yeah. the por- the portrait session. Session, for- yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it, I, it would be kind of awesome if you could pull that off, I guess. But I always feel that, like that's like too much. Well, there was a wedding we shot together um, a couple of months ago, I think it was in Alexandria, where they had a ton of time built in for portraits. Um, I think that was the doer, the doing of the planner. Uh, right. I think. Right. I can't remember. It's always going to be the planner that does these weird things. Planners ruin everything. They they do, but no, in this case, I should say most planners ruin everything. Some planners make everything incredible. I was going to say the the planners for this Greek wedding did an incredible job. Um, oh yeah, they were really good. I mean, just awesome. When you get a PDF that is just baller status, <laughs> uh, where they they divvy everything up by by vendor oh my god like can i please work with you every time yeah that is something every every planner should do like that seems i i still built into the task of what they should be doing i still cannot stress how bad of of a wedding planner i had last year there's one wedding planner i had last year that was so bad it they they sent me this a word document it literally like a dot docx um of like you know, all, with all kinds of spelling errors in there and everything, and the the schedule is wild. It doesn't have, it doesn't make any sense. There's stuff out of order, and I just am totally surprised that actually that wedding went off without a hitch. I, I don't know how. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing: is that no matter what, whether you're a wedding planner or just somebody who plans and has to collaborate with other people, I think the problem is it makes sense in their head the way they present right. everything. It's like, right. oh yeah, it's easy to see, blah blah blah. But you, it's so so nice to have it broken out as a separate. This is the photographer's timeline to pay attention to because. Yep. When it's separated out, even if it's a weird color scheme or a Word document or whatever, when it's only you that you need to pay attention to in the in the content, your stuff, it's it's ninety nine percent more accessible and easy to understand and go through. Absolutely. Like, yeah, you may have this crazy flow chart of how everything's going to work on the wedding day, but if you, if you have everybody, uh, all all the vendors on one document, it's just impossible. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, our brains aren't going to work the same way theirs do. Right. Just like you wouldn't send them, well, I don't know. We don't need to get into workflow anyway, stuff, but yeah. Yeah, but the the point is uh, great wedding planners um, or weird wedding planners build in portrait time. And it would be cool. I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think I would actually even want to have like a built-in uh, like portrait time at yeah. night. I think that's that feels weird, but... At the same yeah. time, I would like it to be something that I definitely get to versus sometimes there's a chance that it might not happen. Um, yep, absolutely. And, and, if, and so on the off chance that night portraits don't happen, it's, you know, it's not something to be like, oh, we have to do a night portrait. Just, you know, you didn't get it. It's okay. Um, hopefully you have enough portraits um, to blog it anyway. So Totally. Yep. Ah, blogging. We'll have another episode about that someday. Yep. Uh man. Yep. I'm. I'm. I'm prepping my next one right now. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm been getting better about blogging. Got a blog. You know, I will say there's been a sharp and annoying increase in the volume, the number of photos I've taken because of the Sony A9. <laughs> it's the silent shooting. It's so easy to overshoot, and it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> I kind of wish. Wish that wasn't a thing. How many photos? My... How many photos did you take during that Greek wedding? Because I'm look at how many I took. Six thousand three hundred. Yikes! Way too many. Yeah, I normally top out around five thousand. But I also just always overshoot the uh, 
dancing. Yeah. Way oh, too yeah. many dance pictures. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Looks like I uh, only took 17,733. 17,000? 17, 1,700 is incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. Dang. I was shooting uh, with two cameras. You're too. like, wait a second. <laughs> oh, my God. And I reformatted. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, hopefully that should be easy to call. Nice. All right. Well, that's probably as good a place as any to wrap it up. We'll uh, do another one of these next week. Yep. Check in with y'all then. Um, well, talk to you later. Bye.